Welcome to the Sermon B-Side Podcast, a podcast of Liberty Church in the Harrisburg region of Central Pennsylvania. Sermon B-Side is designed to be a resource to answer your questions and to go deeper into the conversation started by each week's sermon. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another week of the Liberty B-Side Podcast. My name is Steve King. Alongside me is Ben Bechtel. Ben, welcome to the B-Side Podcast. Thanks, Steve. Ben, have you you've been on the podcast before? Yes, yes. Okay. Second time on the on the Liberty. This is your second time. Here. Second time. Welcome back yes. to the B Side Podcast. Thank you, um, Ben. You preached yesterday, but hey, I'm a proponent of that. You know, if it's if it's science and the studies that are out there, people need to hear things seven times before they really understand it and internalize it for the first time. So even though you've been around our church and you've been on the B side before you preach yesterday for the first time at Liberty, mm-hmm. right? That's true. Yep. Um, but we've talked about you and Midtown Community Church, you know, for many months now. All that being said, though, tell us again, Ben, who are you? What are you doing here right now? We want to know. It's a great question. Okay. <laughs> My name is Ben. Uh, I'm uh, serving as a church planter right now. Um, uh, sent out a community evangelical free church to plant Midtown Community Church and um, we're partnering with Liberty to see that church plant happen, and I'll uh, be sent out alongside of Greg Kabachian, who's yep. a church planting resident here, to plant Midtown Community Church. And uh, Liberty was kind enough to invite me to come and preach yesterday, and it was a joy to, to get to be with you guys and, and bring God's Word for you. Yeah, it so. was great to have you here and to preach. And yeah, so you have heard, no doubt our listeners on this show um, probably have heard a lot about MCC, and maybe you're still connecting the dots, and that's okay. But we try to repeat it as often as we can. Uh, ben, like you said, you're going to be planning with Greg. Greg is our church planning resident. He's been with us since last summer. Um, what what is it right now? It's April, so like <laughs> you know, um, the better part of you know three quarters of a year at this point. Um, and then and, and Ben is in a residency. I'm sorry, Greg's in a residency with us. You're at Community Church. You two yep. are coming together. Community and Liberty are coming together to plant MCC. Super excited for what the future has um, with you guys coming together. And that'll be uh, later this year, January 2024, the latest. Yep. Um, so super excited um, about that. And thanks for coming yesterday. We did announce last week, so not yesterday, last week, um, that was Church Planning Sunday mm-hmm. on the church calendar. And we had announced uh, the fundraising campaign, the matching uh, giving campaign that we have here at Liberty to support the work of MCC. So there's a $25,000 matching gift um, that's active right now through the end of May. So we're, we're super excited to support um, you and Greg and the way that you guys are growing as church you know, planters and pastors, the way we're investing in you as leaders, but also mm-hmm. sending you with some financial resources as well. Uh, so yeah, we we're really grateful to have you here yesterday. So thanks for coming. Yeah, absolutely. Grateful for for you guys and Liberty Church, like stepping into real gospel partnership. And like we said yesterday, you heard me preach. So you you can actually put your money like in a place where you know it's going to be used, hopefully well. Now that you've heard me preach. Yep. We were joking about Steve. Steve had never heard me preach yesterday. And he's like, I, I don't, I don't yeah. know where we were sending this money to. It was kind of a toss up. Right. 50-50. And now I'm in. Now I'm totally in. That's great. Um, Anthony said that in the um, the offering. He, he said, how could you not support a guy or something like that? Kind of, how would you not support a guy like Ben? Which is always a dangerous question to ask because there's someone who's going to stand <laughs> up and probably answer it. Yeah, that's so right. That's be right. careful when you ask questions like that's that. That's right. Yeah. Um, well, that's great. Well, give us the summary. This was a one-off sermon. So yes. we're in 1 John. We're preaching through 1 John. We took a break from that yesterday to have you preach. 
um, a standalone sermon, really. So give us a little bit of a summary uh, for those that have heard it, bring it back to the front of their mind. For those that maybe didn't hear the sermon yesterday, maybe they'll go back and listen to it. But just give them the summary right now. Uh, what was the, the, the kind of the big major point and takeaways of the message? Yeah. So uh, we looked at Matthew 28 and uh, the passage of scripture that's commonly referred to as the Great Commission yesterday in the sermon. And um, our, our three points as we looked at that text were uh, looking at the, the Great Commission as a great church planting commission, um, seeing that the Great Commission in and of itself is not just a commission to individual Christians, but it's a, a commission to the whole church to be planting more churches where people can be discipled in the way of Jesus, can be baptized and uh, and learn to what it means to fully devote their lives to Jesus. And then we looked at a great church planting problem. That was the second point of the sermon where we saw in verse 17 how the uh, the disciples, some of them doubted, it mm-hmm. says there, which yeah. uh, if you really look at the, the Greek of that word and even just look at the context, it, it probably doesn't mean that they intellectually questioned who Jesus was. Like, is this guy really the Messiah? Um, it's more so they, they, their hearts shrunk back at the unknowns that were ahead of them. Like mm-hmm. they didn't know, they didn't listen to Jesus's continual uh, heads up that he was going to be rising from the dead. And also when he does, they have no idea what it means for their future and life. And so they, they hesitate yeah. at, at, at Jesus and him um, ascending into heaven and all that that means. And so then the last point, a great church planting promise, was really asking, like, like what does Jesus say here that can move our hearts from hesitancy and doubt to joyful <laughs> obedience in obeying this great commission that he gives to us? And we looked particularly at the, the promise in verse 20 where he says, I'll be with you always to the end of the age, and how Jesus gives us his Holy Spirit as his church um, to do all the things that he's called us to, but particularly um, the, the big scary things like the great commission that oftentimes feel so daunting. We don't do that alone, but he sends his spirit and goes along with us and empowers us and comforts us with his love, um, and enables us to fulfill the great commission. Yeah. Loved it. Great, great message. Appreciate the way that you delivered it. Also really enjoyed, I know you, you, you highlighted that last kind of last point, the, the great church planning promise, uh, verse 20, um, that, um, the promise of Christ to be with us. But I, I appreciate the way you started that in verse 18, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And I think that was a really uh, a good reminder for us all to hear. Um, even the authority that Christ declares um, in some, is unique at that point compared to other times. Mm-hmm. Um, the cosmic war, the spiritual war between God and, and Satan um, has now reached a point with Christ resurrecting defeating sin and death, that that new clarity is found in the authority that Christ has. I think that's a really, um, that's an awesome thing for us to think about. I know, mm-hmm. you know, maybe it's in the front of my mind, you and I were both part of the um, the Sixth Liberty Harrisburg, I almost, almost didn't finish the word Harris, <laughs> Harris, <who's> Harris? <laughs> um, the Sixth Liberty Harrisburg people that joined the 18 Liberty Communion folk to go to Oklahoma City last week yeah. uh, to be with our frontline brothers and sisters and some other, and I mean, 35 churches from around the world represented mm-hmm. a little bit of a conference yesterday. And just, um, you know, hearing stories of church planning, hear, hearing stories of of pastors building their churches, the challenges they're facing, the the, the way that we prayed with and for each other and, and people did even for us. Coming out of that and hearing your sermon and being reminded, I mean, Christ has authority. 
Mm. When we go anywhere to plant a church, when we go anywhere to undo that which Satan has been building and doing, maybe in an area for decades, if not centuries, we're going in with authority. Mm -hmm. Every Christian goes somewhere representing the name of the one true king um, who rules over all. And that is an authority that puts Satan on his heels and puts demons into fear. Um, and we should always remember that. So I love that you just call that out. I appreciate the way you started uh, the promise section of your message with a reminder of that. Because mm-hmm. it's one thing for us to um, for us to know that God is with us. Uh, it's another thing to know that God being with us really means something. Right? Right. It really, it right. really means. Because it's like, yeah. hey, I'll be with you. People are like, hey, that's great. You're with me. But what good are you? Right. It's like God right. is with us. And that means everything. Yeah. And it's everything. And it's like who the the spirit that he sends to to be with us is is the spirit of the Christ who is resurrected and ascended, the yeah. one who's the king. Yeah. And that's unique because it's the you go, we go with the authority and presence and power of the one yeah. who has all authority. You yeah. know, the one who um like it says in Revelation twelve, the one who cast down Satan, the great accuser of the brethren, and yeah. now we go. Um, by the blood of his blood and the word of our testimony to all the earth. Yeah, so, I love yeah, that. For well, sure. Appreciate the message you gave. We did have a question come in. Okay. So let's go into the question. So we had a person asking, I'll read this um, through a couple sentences here. So uh, you point to Acts 14 at one point in your message as evidence that church planning uh, was a goal um, of the Great Commission. Um, and your examples, as questioner says, was for the of the formation of the inaugural and only church in, in a given town, right, in, in Acts 14. And you extrapolated that then to mean that church plants in Harrisburg and Tampa, you referenced our Liberty Tampa church plant, as an outworking of the Great Commission. So my question is, what criteria are used for choosing where to plant a church in the U.S. and other quote-unquote churched countries, especially the selected cities already have multiple churches? Harrisburg and Tampa have a number of Bible-believing churches. Why plant another church uh, where churches already exist? So a kind of long-winded question there, which kind of creates some context. Um, mm-hmm. The Great Commission calls us to, ch- to plant churches is what you preached yesterday. How do we discern where and when to plant churches? You know, M- MCC, Midtown Community Church, it's in Harrisburg. Well, there's other churches in this area. Tampa, well, there's other churches down in Tampa. How do we know where and when to plant churches? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a great question um, because that is that is a predicament. I think that that we face uniquely that, that the apostles didn't face, mm-hmm. right? The okay, apostles... Yeah. Like they were planning churches, it was it was, every everywhere was a frontier, and and now we're we're in a culture that has been in large part Christianized in the sense of there have been many churches planted in large swaths of our country in places like our own region in Central Pennsylvania where we live, and I I don't know much about Tampa, but I'd imagine the same thing, and uh, you know I think there's a couple ways that that we could address that. Um, number one would just be I like those those small towns in, in the Roman empire um, probably didn't have as many people as an area like Harrisburg, certainly the Harrisburg region and, and certainly not like a, a major city like Tampa. Um, and I think wherever there are more people, we need more churches to uh, bring the gospel to those more people. Um, I also think that in an area in particular, I'll speak to Harrisburg and uh, central Pennsylvania um, that, there are a lot of churches in our area, um, but churches need refreshing and renewal with the message of the gospel. And part of why we plant churches is because church planting 
um, is, is one way and is an effective way to bring the gospel in its clarity to a particular area. Um, and so for instance, if you, if you go to the city of Harrisburg, there are churches everywhere on, on, uh, almost every corner in certain parts of the city, you'll see, um, different church buildings and they have churches meeting in them. Um, but the question is, are those churches alive? Are they preaching, uh, the gospel? And I would say that many of those churches in Harrisburg, um, are not, uh, are not doing that. And so we need more churches to be planted to, um, to revitalize, uh, gospel renewal in, in areas like the city of Harrisburg. Um, that's a couple things that I would say. I know yeah. there are probably some other things. Do you have anything <clears throat> yeah, that you think, would add? I think it's a really good question. And I, and, um, I can think of, you know, there are some great organizations that, that do studies and research and present to uh, the Christian church globally um, data on where unchurched peoples are and where there are certainly countries that are um, unwelcoming, hostile to the Christian faith. And so we would consider those places unchurched. Um, but if we only focused on them, right, uh, we probably would run the risk of, of um, losing the foundation in churched areas and countries. Um, and so we need to, I think we need to always consider that, not to just go where, there's, where there is the unchurched. We should do that too. Um, but we also live in a world that, by God's grace and power, the church is most places now. It's probably more places now than ever before. Mm-hmm. And we're probably always on the cusp of more and more places of which the church is compared to the past. Um, so we can't run the risk of ignoring where the church already is. Even if we think culturally, if there was ever a time in our in the United States, um, in like, you know, this true Western mindset that we have, where we'd say the church is good here, right? We're doing well. Um, well, now, actually, there's a place in the world where the church is growing more rapidly um, and, and with uh, true, great, orthodox doctrine yeah. um, in ways that the church in the U.S. is crumbling. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, that's um, a good point. You know, so we, we've been sending out, and that's, that's probably because people have sent out, not just for the United States, but there have been churches planted in places like China and Africa and many mm-hmm. other places where the church is in some ways thriving, not necessarily in every measurable we could think of, not necessarily in size, but in some ways size, too, in different areas thriving more there than here in the United States. Yeah. Right. So we should never kind of rest on our laurels. Um, I do think we always need to discern um, where we should be putting resources and sending people. Um, you know, we should always be on the lookout for that church planner. That's like, man, God's really calling me to plant a church in Hawaii. And we're like, really, is it really because the church is near? Because you want to go, you know, no, I'm, I, I say that tongue in cheek. Like we should always discern, right. Where we're planting churches. Um, but the church is local. The best expression of a church is local. And so even thinking about, we call ourselves Liberty Harrisburg. We meet in Camp Hill. We do have people that drive 20 to 45 minutes to get here, which is in some ways a reflection of our kind of first world situation um, and context that people can do that. But a great local church is is one where you're serving the needs and the and, and the re, and the um, opportunity, the people in neighborhoods closer and closer to you. Mm-hmm. And so I imagine even a lot of the people that you want to serve at MCC someday are not the people that we're actively recruiting to come to Liberty Harrisburg. Yeah. Right. There's a difference there, even though we're so close to each other. So I think we need to keep that in mind. One other thing that comes to mind too is the value of um, diversification and probably contextualization in the church. And so by no means do I, you know, please don't hear what I'm not saying. 
right? I'm not saying that the church gets to be whatever the people in a certain locale want it to be, right? There's something that's good and true and should be unchanged about the church when it comes to core beliefs, right? And doctrine and this universal faith that we're ascribing to. There are unchanging things about a church. And there's also things about a church that are contextualized, right? And so when you gather a certain group of people that have a certain ethnicity or culture or upbringing, the way in which the region and the place in which they live has impacted the way they're living, man, the church has just felt a little bit different. It's lived, their faith is lived out in a kind of a, a, a local and um, functional way that just is contextualized. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing in the church when that happens. Um, maybe we're, I, I, we're probably from a tradition, you know, where that can make us feel uncomfortable at times. It has nothing to do with changing who the church is, but contextualization is important. And so when you can actually have people rooted locally, serving people locally, I think we could think about planning more and more churches and never feel like we're bumping into each other too much mm-hmm. um, or, or overshadowing each other in a way that's unhelpful. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I think it would take it would take a lot to get to the point where it feels like, hey, maybe we maybe we've oversaturated th- this place with good contextualized gospel centered yeah. churches. Let's find that problem. Yeah, right. Let's find that problem. Let's go hunt for that. Let's, let's create that problem. I'd that's love a, to create that's, that. Problem. That's a good. That's a good goal. Yeah. Let's create that's that problem goal. in our area. And we also, you know, there there are really good churches in this area, right? Mm-hmm. So um, I don't want like I'm not I'm not meaning to call out churches. There are some really good churches. Hey, it's also interesting when you hear stories, maybe anecdotally, people that come to Louis Harrisburg and they say, this is a church that's preaching the gospel in a way unlike others. By no means wish we ever want that to kind of fuel our pride or, or arrogance as if we're doing it in a way that makes us really special. We just want to do it in a way that's faithful. And, and if God brings people here and, and honors the work we're doing with, with, with a growing congregation, we're going to praise him for that and be grateful for that. But there are some other churches that um, they're here in this area, but um, unfortunately, there are churches that are also dying. Mm-hmm. Churches that are slowly over time, they're they're not preaching the gospel as clearly um, and faithfully, consistently as as they probably should, right? So now is not the time to kind of like list. We're not drawing lines in the sand right now to list which churches are which. Um, but we should always like stay on stay on um, on our toes, stay on the kind of like leaning forward to make sure we're doing that really well. And Tampa is a great example of, yeah, there are some really good churches down there um, and great churches that, that John and the Robinsons have been able to partner with. I don't know if like really, really close to where he is, like kind of within driving distance. Yeah. Um, and Tampa is a great example of a probably a small city that probably actually probably is more unchurched than, uh, than churched. Mm-hmm. You start looking at the data, like the small percentage of Christian believers, even though it's in the context of a Christian nation, less and less so maybe a Christian nation, but... Um, locally, no, it's probably actually a, a, a dire need for more churches mm-hmm. in Tampa rather than less. So, mm-hmm. yeah, really mm-hmm. good question. I think it's really, uh, it should prompt us and remind us to always discern really well in prayer um, and under the, the guidance of the Spirit of where we're planning churches, why and when to do that. Um, we shouldn't just like, you know, just throw church planners out the door and, and hope they land somewhere and just for no reason, mm-hmm. just go find a place and sit down. It's like, no, we should be strategic about it. Yeah. Um, but also discern um, and recognize that there are more churches needed. Yeah, so, absolutely. Excited for MCC to be, to be part of, um, part of that process to see you guys serve people well in yeah. that area. So, yeah. Thanks. Um, ben, give us, uh, give us one or two, if you have them questions or prompts for our Bible studies 
if they meet this weekend, talk about the sermon, um, what are some ways in which they can talk about the sermon well together to apply teachings and learnings um, from your message into into their lives? Yeah. Um, I think first, the first thing I'd say is um, like take time to, to talk together about where, um, what are those like hesitancies or doubts in your own heart whenever you hear this commission talked about? Like, what about the Great Commission, specifically as it, it involves uh, planting more churches, is scary to you, um, causes you to want to shrink back and not push forward into what God's called you into? And just take time to talk about that. I think um, you, we could talk for a long time about that. And if I was a part of your Bible study, there'd be things that I would share too that make me hesitant as yeah. well and and uh, can definitely cause me to shrink back on certain days. So I encourage you to talk about that and then talk about how specifically the promise of Jesus's uh, authority and, and then his authority in sending his Holy Spirit to be with us, how that speaks to the specific doubts um, and hesitations Yep. you all have and how um, th- those truths and promises can help to overcome that and push us not just into like white knuckle obedience, but joyful um, kind of gospel fueled obedience and following Jesus. Um, and the last thing I'd say is just, uh, you know, S- Steve and I were, were together at his, he mentioned at this pastor's gathering last week. And the thing that, that it was impressed upon me most probably in being there um, is just how, these men that we were with prayed earnestly for church planting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You could tell that it was a burden on their hearts and the way, honestly, we even talked about this. I think it was you and I and Greg, maybe Steve that talked about like the way that they prayed. I just don't know if I have the kind of faith to pray some of the prayers that they prayed, like those <laughs> big, bold prayers that God would do things that we can only like imagine or maybe not even imagine him doing. And yeah. so um, spend some time with your Bible studies, praying those kind of prayers together. Um, like if you can this week, maybe devote some of your time to, to pray for MCC, pray for Liberty Tampa, take part in, in Tampa's day of prayer and fasting on yeah, May 1st. May That'd 1st, be a, yeah. a great call to do that. I think some of our folks from MCC are going to try to do that for them too. But um, yeah, about, like I would say, just spend some time praying together for uh, for church planting, for your role in it, and then specifically for these two church plants that are being sent out by by this particular church. Yeah, it's great. Thanks for those prompts. Um, thank you for preaching yesterday. Yeah. And, and thanks for being here today for your second appearance on the Liberty B-Side podcast. May it not be the last. May it, may it not be. I hope there is more in the future. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening today. Enjoy the rest of the day and this week, and we will see you uh, next week for worship. Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Sermon B-Side podcast. For more resources and information about our church, visit www.LibertyHarrisburg.org. That's Liberty with an I, Harrisburg.org.